Has this ever happened to you? You're thinking about old times and you're thinking about your favorite t- childhood TV show. And then you think, huh, I want to buy some toys for that show. I want to buy a masterpiece transformer for $279.99. Well, fear not, because I've got the solution for you. The solution is watching G1 Transformers. Yes, just by watching the show, you may end up finding yourself talked out of spending that much money on an overpriced toy. Want to find out more? We're here to talk about it. The final five episodes of Transformers Season 1 on The More You Nerd. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. It's the more you nerd. It's more than meets July. And we are here to wrap up season one in a way that I was not expecting uh, as as we got to this. Miles, my co-host is here. How are you, buddy? I'm I'm doing pretty good, and I, I I think I'm picking up what you're what you're putting out. This is, I guess, the the third kind of deep dive uh, into something that we've done in terms of a seasonal watch, uh, at least recently. And I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I did think it was the most exhausting one we've done <laughs> so far. Yeah, it is. This was, this challenge was more than meets July for me. And, uh, I think we're gonna, we're gonna end up wrapping that up. This this is going to 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 be an interesting episode. We're going to talk about these five episodes and then we're going to do a little recap at the end of our experience. And I. I'm not quite sure where to put this yet. I'm not quite sure to where to put this in the pantheon of stuff. Uh, so let's let's just dive in because we got a lot to talk about today. And with our first episode that we talked about. The ultimate doom part two. That's right. We ended last week on a cliffhanger with the planet Cybertron moved into Earth's orbit. Huh. So I was a little confused about the way these were presented because the narrator. And I mean, this was 1984. That was the year I was born. So I wasn't watching this. I I have seen these episodes in in repeat, but one, it was great having the narrator back. That was cool. And but he would talk. He would call it the Transformers the ultimate doom. And I'm kind of curious if that was like supposed to be like a special timed thing as, as a, uh, because I, I remember power Rangers doing that one time it aired on Sunday night when they were doing, when they brought over Lord Zed. So uh, I don't know if maybe that happened or something. It is because quite possible that that is how that happened. It, it definitely felt like it was a special presentation. And I, I thought, and, and that pageantry did work for me. Um, and I, I did feel like this second part kind of, um, uh, spud his wheels a lot. Pun intended, uh, because of Autobots and wheels and specifically when, when Bumblebee gets a flat tire. (laughs) Yeah. Which I didn't know happened to Transformers. (laughs) So this is the thing about Bumblebee getting a flat tire. Um, and well, this this is out of context. It's not that important of a moment, but Bumblebee gets a flat tire. Spike is luckily in the in, in, in the driver's seat with him so he can help him out. But what Bumblebee can do when he gets a flat tire is. Jack himself up. Pop the tire off, including unscrewing all the bolts that put the, 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 the wheel onto the car. But he can't put the tire back on, <laughs> so he still needs somebody to do that for him, which I guess is not that big of a deal if you think that he can turn into a robot and sometimes can fly and sometimes can't. And that's still all over the place in the show, whether Autobots can fly or not. Uh, but so so let's get back. Let's get into this episode. So Cybertron has arrived in Earth's orbit. As a result of what Optimus Prime has done, because he doesn't want to destroy his home planet. Uh, So it's here. 
And every time it orbits a particular place, it is causing massive, massive disruptions. That's the weird thing to me. It only seems to cause disruptions in one particular point. Maybe it's in a big oval orbit and that's when it hits is when it's closest to the Earth. I don't know. The science probably doesn't work for this, but. Oh, excuse me. Who who cares? Who cares? Because it's a cartoon from 1984. Um, and, and I think the only thing I that I really stuck for me from this episode is when they're trying to get the Dinobots to help. <laughs> and Grimlock's like, makes no difference to me. So, and I'm just like, WTF, man. So, well, so, so this is this is the thing that I there are parts I love about this episode. There are parts I love about this episode. And there are parts that I'm yeah. like, OK, let's get on with it. The OK, let's get on with it part is that uh, Sparkplug is st- st- uh, Witwicky. We have I have to clarify that Sparkplug is a human because he has the name of an Autobot, but he is not an Autobot. <laughs> uh, but he's got the hypno chip in his head. And so he's still very much like that. And they just keep that story going. And every like Spike is trying to talk to him and they can't talk to him. And it's just uh, it just it goes on a little too long for me. But again, three part episode, whatever. But the part I love about this episode is that there are all of these natural disasters. And the Optimus Prime sends the Dinobots to stop natural disasters. So, Miles, that line that you mentioned where Grimlock, like, me Grimlock, no, no care about natural disasters, about the planet. Yeah, it's it's so funny. (laughs) And then then it's kind of like, but what if it's the planet you're on? And Grimlock's like, me didn't think about that. Me Grimlock get point. Me Grimlock help. You know, (laughs) that, that sort of thing. But also, they have the Dinobots helping with natural disasters. <laughs> they are going to their they're taking logs and they're building levees for for uh, for for tsunamis and they're doing all these things. It's like, I, I'm not sure that they could really help with any of this, but I'm just happy to see the Dinobots back. Uh, a counterpoint to this. All of the other Transformers, all the other Autobots get to just kind of hang out and walk around. But the Dinobots have to just sit turned off in a closet when they're not in use. It's really insulting to these things that they created to me. I don't know. I don't I dislike that. And I I know that changes later, but. I I also I mean, one of the things about them and then the the national the natural disasters is they do it so ingeniously yet the dinobots are presented as morons yeah and i it's it's an inconsistency that does bother me because i i had a problem with them being dumb in the first place and mm-hmm. so i do appreciate seeing that oh they they know what to do when it comes to like nature but i yeah i I had some problems with that. And, and there, yeah, like you said, there's some cool stuff in this episode. There's some cool stuff in all these episodes. And I mean, my spoiler warning, my, by and large, my takeaway is that for whatever reason, and it's the way this stuff is presented, and it's because of the time it was made in and that it was made for a specific time period. And, and I mean, on the on the schedule and for a specific audience. I feel like this each of these episodes gives you a a solid amount of of action like on screen there are robots shooting each other there's robots shouting platitude at, at each other and you get to see di- a lot of different kinds of robots as a toy commercial it is awesome it makes me want to buy the toys but as you alluded at the top of the episode it does give me pause because at some point during all of this stuff for whatever reason um and and I think the impending dunes are a really great example because the story's good, but for whatever reason, I feel like the it constantly kind of runs out of gas, and I feel like I struggled to get through an episode. Yeah, it's just they repeat the same plot lines too much. Now, this episode also involves Spike's first trip to Cybertron. Chip has gotten to go to Cybertron, but Spike, this is his first time getting to go because they are they're going to to try to 
uh, to, to figure out what's going on at the Decepticon base on Cybertron to see if there's anything they can do to stop this. And they sneak in and they end up getting involved in Wheeljack's base and and Spike brings his dad's favorite wrench to try to convince him to, to and it doesn't work and you have you have a uh, spark plug uh like still doing the same i told you spike don't call me dad call me Lo- i love decepticon man or whatever it is but they do at least succeed in this with we we get kind of two two mo- moves forward on the hypno chips one is when Soundwave uses a disruption wave ability that, again, they keep adding powers to Transformers, and there is something very specific to this that we are going to talk about in this episode that I love and also don't love, but love. Uh, but that's that's for three episodes from now. Uh, but the disruption waves that, that Soundwave is putting out breaks the connection to the hypno chips, and Dr. Arkaville notices this. And he's like, oh, they broke my hypno chips. But then we also learned that Megatron has recreated all of Dr. Arkaville's equipment on Cybertron. So he doesn't need Dr. Arkaville anymore. Oh, no. Um, and then we are treated to the 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 volcano that the, <laughs> that the Autobots ship uh, has crashed into erupting, which is funny because Wheeljack is talks about how oh no this is so unexpected but didn't that thing erupt a couple episodes ago right (laughs) it's almost like this thing is still a very active volcano uh so that that i I hate that i have we talked about this episode for three minutes i just there's not a lot to discuss and that's what's killing me because i remember deeper plots in these shows and again, I recognize. Well, the plots are there. The plots it's are just there. That <sighs> they're repeated, which I mean, again, for for the audience it's aimed for is perfectly fine. And again, I can't I can't really hold that much against it as a Power Rangers fan because uh, a, a lot of the, a lot of those seasons are rinse and repeat. Bad guy throws down a new monster. The monster has some sort of relation to the uh, a teenager's problem of the day. Problem gets solved. Monster gets beaten. The end. So it, it's not just that. It's because I, 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 I've tw- I tweeted. I texted Drew and I was like, I, I keep feeling like it's me. I'm, I'm I the problem here because I, I, I asked him. I was like. Is this really slow to you? And and Drew Drew said that that it was to him. So I, I knew it wasn't just me. And I do think we have to appreciate the fact that this one was not written for you know adults in 2021. This was written to sell toys to kids in 1984. And and I know that sounds cynical, but that was kind of literally what it was supposed oh, to do. And we we have talked about this. The the episode and and you see this more and more as this season goes on. And and I bet it's it's even more in in season two. The episode turnarounds were four months for these for these episodes, which is in animation terms, not a lot of time, which is why randomly Starscream will look like <laughs> Shockwave and Shockwave will look like Star or, or not Shockwave, uh, Skywarp and Skywarp will look like Starscream and Cliffjumper and uh and Bumblebee, who also share a toy model, will just randomly swap colors just within like you see Bumblebee go to shoot Megatron. And then as it turns to him, it's it's Cliffjumper and and half of these characters are voiced by the same people. So you can't tell whether, whether this is, which character was supposed to be if they didn't say the name. Um, but again, it was the 80s and that was OK. And we loved it anyway, you know, but uh let's let's jump in let's jump forward to the ultimate doom part three so we have you get to see optimus prime surfing that's the takeaway here are we starting with that are we starting with that because it's not just optimus prime surfing it is optimus prime ironhide ratchet who has been gone from a lot of episodes you don't see ratchet very often and, and, and 
a prowl is also there and jazz is there and they're just they're trying to get to a tidal way like because because one of the things megatron has set up is a bunch of 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 damn energy buildup like for tidal wave energy and uh and they're surfing to get to this thing for no reason i don't really i don't get it i, I really don't I, I, I think it is purely because it looked cool. Like if you're trying to get a, a, a kid's attention for the good guys and they're on a water base, well, what are you going to do? You're going to surf. Like, is... Surfing was, I mean, this was a popular thing and it was made popular even further down the line by people like the turtles. They loved surfing and skateboarding and all, all that kind of cool California sports stuff. That was such a popular thing to deliver to kids in the 80s. Miles, I am extremely disappointed in you. Extremely, extremely disappointed in you. Do you know why I'm disappointed in you? Because I didn't make a surf ninja's reference? Because this is a literal moto surf. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying not to be so obvious because if I had done that, you'd be like, ah. Um, it is a little moto surf. And I mean, the, but even as far as as 91, when uh, Surf Ninjas came out, like that is indicative of the time. And so. On one hand, is it is it completely stupid? Yes. Is it awesome? Also, yes. Like, it's great. <laughs> like my two notes were surf's up Optimus. Spike's dad gets saved. <laughs> that, so- that's the episode to me. So so as we as we get back to this, there is uh, we have some actual interesting plot happening right here. So in the last episode, we're introduced to the idea that Dr. Arkaville is has be is being betrayed by Megatron and he knows it, but he's kind of powerless to do anything about it. Well, here comes Starscream and Starscream is starting to because Starscream also doesn't like Megatron and uh, it is trying to to usurp power from him. Starscream basically takes Dr. Arkaville and gets him to set stuff up because he's going to use him for his own devices to take control of the Decepticons. And this is this is like a classic Starscream move where he he is completely uh, uh He's he's completely disrespectful to Megatron. He is doing committing mutiny (laughs) against the leader of the Decepticons. And then by the next episode, it's all forgotten. But uh, but he he takes Dr. Archiville to Dr. Archiville's lab, which conveniently has a transformer sized door that Starscream can get into, which is a whole other thing that I, I love about this show is that there are always doors big enough for the Transformers to walk through. Uh, because these things are like 20 feet tall. It's just funny to me. I find it very funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. Anyway, so he he creates this. Dr. Archiville has this just oddly named energy device. Um, it you know what? No, I'm not even I'm I'm an episode ahead. Oh, my gosh, I'm doing it again. Miles. Well, so here's the thing is, yes, you are an episode ahead, but Countdown to Extinction, which is the next episode, bleeds into this. Like, it it feels like an epilogue. You still have the narrator, which I guess they just keep for the, for these last five episodes, which was which was appreciated, but also a weird change for me. Uh, but this but like Countdown to the Extinction, I mean, is a direct follow up to the end of the Ultimate Doom. It's just forget what I have said about this episode other than Moto Surf, because I, I, I just I am so disappointed in myself for this because I, I'm better than this, Miles. I'm better than this. I should know I mean, better. They but, save but Spike's they, dad. They stop the Decepticons. Well, so, so so what I'm getting confused is how they end this episode and, and how. And and so, of course, we have Cybertron in Earth's orbit causing problems. And what what has Megatron been doing the entire time? He has been collecting Energon cubes to send back to Cybertron. And what do they do? They blow up a huge number of those Energon cubes to cause a huge explosion to push Cybertron out of Earth orbit. 
where Cybertron goes after that. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean because Megatron's shuttle is is <laughs> nearby, the shuttle gets blown up. They of course think that Megatron's gone for good, but of course he's online in space, which again, this bothers me. I brought this up to one of my uh, Transformer friends and said, I don't understand what the issue is here because it seems that they can fly in space. They don't need spaceships to get from Earth to Cybertron. What's going on here? And I'm assured, no, no, they do. But the show continues to give evidence to the contrary. (laughs) So they 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 Megatron has built a star, a a starship to transport the Energon cubes, and that's what they blow up to push to push Cybertron out of the way. What I dislike is that. Megatron is dead by everyone's account. Everyone thinks everyone knows that Megatron is dead or is fairly certain that Megatron is dead. Starscream is definitely certain that Megatron is dead. And then we immediately see that he's not. They don't even give us like two minutes to, to sh- before showing us that. No, he's yeah. alive. He's alive, gang. Don't worry about it. He's totally for realsies alive. Um, and that that bugs me a little bit. But again, it's the 80s. So this is all stuff that that if you watched, if it was created today and they are creating content very similar to this today, um, there's a whole Netflix uh, movie series about this exact kind of stuff. I'm sure it's told better than this. Um, But yeah, it's it is and it isn't. Um, uh, He's referring to the toys that made us, uh, which is a very good series. But when no, I'm you referring are knowledgeable. To the, I'm referring to the Netflix Transformers Earthrise and Countdown and all of that stuff. The movies that the CG animated films that are on Netflix right oh, now. Oh, oh the, the, the trilogy. <laughs> yeah. uh, those are those are pretty good, too. I thought you were talking about the actual like reasons behind some of the stuff. Oh, no, no. Because um, I, I have enjoyed those. But when you when you are knowledgeable about one or two of the subjects, you're like, oh, they, they didn't get all that right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Crystal was taking tallies of like how many times I scrunched up my face during the Power Rangers episode. <laughs> uh, but let's let's yeah, let's talk about uh, Countdown to Extinction. Yeah. So here we go. A- episode 14, Countdown to Extinction. This is where Starscream is teaming up with Dr. Arkaville and going to his his secret lab that I loved that Dr. Arkaville had this very particular thing that he had to say in order to get into the lab i dr arkville genius of science say open sesame (laughs) which even 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 starscream who has almost like no (laughs) like frame of pop culture or or history of of earth even goes that's real original (laughs) yeah how original is so good it's (laughs) I, I love I love I love Star Screen because he's so sassy. He's such a queen. He's he's the best in, in that <laughs> regard. Um I, I love Star Scream the way I love like Skeletor or Cobra Commander. Um uh, because Megatron like is almost at that level and can be, but like he's just missing that extraness. Yes. That that Star Scream and, and the other like great villains of the 80s have. I don't want to be nice. I want to be mean. <laughs> yeah, a, I I, I, I love a... that. So this this episode is also wild because it, it shows that the planet has been wrecked, you know, from the last episode. This is not a, you know, we're starting all over. The planet yeah, is trashed. There's, there's it, continuity here that you, that is there's something you did not often see. Yeah, and props for that. It looks like the leftovers of a Roland Emmerich movie. I mean, I... I was like, oh, these, these are really cool uh, paintings. This is and, and I was like, oh, and the Autobots are helping, you know, repair things. And they're doing like, I'm sorry, the bare minimum for these for giant robots. They're like, oh, we're going to, you know, fix this street, this pothole. We're going to put a brick in this dam. Like <laughs> we're going to guys gonna pour, pour some concrete into this hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and again, it, it, they repeat a problem where for some reason, the doctor still believes that he's going to be made ruler of Earth, even though he has known already what the Decepticons plans for Earth really are. And and still is is all in. So uh, his genius in science is is only in science. It's it's not street smart. 
the the only takeaway I have from this is Evan <laughs> Optimus <laughs> has one of the most surreal lines <laughs> in this entire show. <laughs> As I believe the Earthlings say, lay it on me, man. <laughs> sitting here i'm like what in in what in the lebowski is happening right now it's so good it is it's amazing it's amazing um and and there are these moments like that that these kind of pure moments that you know someone wrote thinking it was cool and it's it's decidedly not but it's very literally hello fellow kids and and that line would have definitely worked on fellow kids at that time I I love stuff like that. And I wish there was some kind of a, a little bit more of that. Like there's a lot of serious science fiction attempts here in, in this series. And while I appreciate that, they're they can't decide what kind of show it wants to be. And I think that's my problem with it is it'll be serious, but then it'll remember it's a kid's show and then it'll over explain some things. And then you have some repeating uh, you know, conversations and things just tend to drag. Yeah. And episodes that I should like really love, like the next one, because I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I, I count on extinction is fine. It, I, I, it felt like an extension of the ultimate doom. And there, there's things about it that I don't really get. So, okay. So Starscream is taking, uh, we'll, we'll just talk about the plot of this. I do want to say that you talked about the, the uh the weird line that optimus had about lay it on me man uh we missed a line by the the autobot brawn who is the super strong like tough guy strength uh <laughs> transformer and it's in it's in ultimate doom part three and he's got a few of these and i should have made a note of more of them but spike and spark plug have finally reunited after getting the hypno chip out of spark plug's brain and and, and it's Thanks, guys, for not giving up on me, especially you, Spike. Dad, it's like you taught me. You never quit on the people you love. And then Braun is just there. Mushy, but true. <laughs> just, it's such a weird read. It's so good. I, I love I, it so I lo- much. They have a lot of these reads. And, and there are some, My uh, I, I think we're still in uh, a couple of episodes. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite lines <laughs> in the entire show. It's just as good as Lay It On Me Man is in Heavy Metal War, which is the last episode. So we'll, we'll get there in a little bit. But yeah. Uh, and that's, what I, again, when when they have these kind of wild lines from the Autobots, <laughs> I I get so happy. I think it's amazing. It's true. <laughs> and I, I want a little bit more of that. And I, I do want to pause and 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 say that most of my problems with the first season of Transformers, and that made it feel a lot more like honestly work a little bit was you know because of how it felt pacing I, and it felt like it, it certainly isn't a show that's meant to be binged but i have been told by several friends of mine who are big 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 transformer fans that it's like the next generation season two's a slog season or season one's a slog season two boom just instantly a lot better and and maybe we'll see so one i'm day, i'm, I'm looking yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to eventually, you know, getting to that maybe next July. <laughs> a lot more episodes in season two. But, yeah, we're uh, not going to watch all 40. We'll figure something out. <laughs> so so let's get back to, to the plot of this episode. So Starscream has kidnapped Dr. Arkaville. And I love that Starscream's just like throwing him in his cockpit. He's carrying him around because he knows he can't do anything. Dr. Arkaville tries to escape, but Starscream like throws the, the door off of the, like you think Dr. Arkaville is going to walk in and then shut the door. So Starscream can't get in, but Starscream rips the door off before he can do that. A lot of cool little plot elements that showed they were, they were, were thinking about this. Um, so, but inside Dr. Arkaville's lab, he's got something called the exponential generator. And that is some sort of thing that just limitlessly (laughs) generates power. They don't really explain what it does because it's a fake thing. They don't have to explain. So, but, but 
Dr. Arkerville knows you can't leave it on all the time because if you do that, it'll overload and literally destroy the planet. Uh, to which Starscream does not care. Uh, Starscream flashes a <laughs> Starscream flashes a Decepticon badge that proves that he's the leader of the Decepticons, and I don't exactly know what that is or why he's doing that or what that means. But it scares Dr. Archville enough to just shut up. Uh, and uh, so Starscream is going to set this timer on this thing to blow up the Earth and then go to Cybertron. And he takes Dr. Archville with him. And he then makes Dr. Archville into a half robot guy that's in a mechanical chair now. And I don't know why he's doing this or why he's done this did you get any reason why dr archerville is no, now that, even I, 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 robot? I have constantly constantly wondered what this is and look to see if they give any indication no no, no. this is the final appearance of dr archerville <laughs> i'm okay with that uh so yeah um this all the while Megatron has been proven in the opening moments of this episode to after everybody thinks he's dead at the end of the last episode. No, he's not. He's totally fine. And he's now back on Earth leading the Decepticons. It's just Starscream is the only one that doesn't seem to know this. And they are all sort of independently trying to 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 figure out what's going on and ha just randomly happen upon Starscream's plan, uh, which is. Which is a whole thing. Um, gosh, this episode is so. I just don't. I forget plot points of this so easily because it's just not very good or interesting. And I hate to say that. I hate it. I I have a Starscream toy. Literally, I'm staring at it right now as I'm as I'm talking. I love this character, and I just don't love this episode because it's just doesn't mean anything. The Autobots happen upon Dr. Archerville's lab because they're looking for for it and they happen upon the timer and they solve the episode and they destroy the exponential generator and it's done. And it's over. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I think what I think part of my issue was, I mean, this is basically an ultimate doom epilogue and it's just more of this same kind of thing and it just it overstates welcome. I, I don't think this episode was was needed outside of Late on Me Man. That that kind of gives the episode a reason to exist for and, me. And I will also say one thing I do also like about this episode is that it requires this episode did require Megatron and Optimus Prime to work together to to stop Starscream's plan and to destroy the exponential generator. And it's one of the few yeah, times which which was neat. I just it's one of the few times I that would you have liked see that in a different thing. It's one of the few times that you see Optimus Prime firing Megatron in his transformed gun form. Which yeah, is which is neat. It's neat. Yeah. Um, I did very much like the next episode of Plague of Insecticons. I didn't, didn't, didn't. But I, I like it because I mean, it's like the a bad movie. Um, the the narrator has returned. And he introduces these swamp robots. And and what we get explained to us is that these uh, insecticons who are just terrorizing the people that live nearby the swamp <sighs> were part of some other Decepticon ship that crash landed. No, the same ship, the, just that was an escape pod. Is it pod. the same ship? They, I, it, I didn't think I didn't know it was the same ship or not. It, it, it is an escape ship pod. So. Yes. Well, because they don't seem to know these robots. I mean, uh, uh, no one know, seems to know who these guys are. The e it's, it's not a Skyfire situation. Where it's like, oh, buddy, we used to go exploring all the time. The, everyone's like, oh, you guys have the same symbol. So uh, most, samesies, we're good. We're, te we're teams. Most generals. That, that's well, first off, <laughs> they were rebooted just like everybody else was. And they just got rebooted as bugs instead of. Cars right. and jets so and stuff. they talk about the Idento computer, like you know, I, making them like the uh, the environment around them, and that was mostly bugs. Um, but 
look, the cosmology of the Transformers is is muffed up. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's not something they thought a lot about. Uh, other shows have come along and done it m- much better, uh, especially the new the new show on Netflix. Um, so, but what, yeah, I, I did like the Insecticons, though. So, well, so we'll get we'll get to the story in a second. But the Insecticons were if you look at the toys, they look like cybernetic bugs. They yeah. are actually Diaclone toys, the the original toy line, which is why if you look at the if you look at the 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 Insecticon, uh, the Insecticons in the show, they've got these yellow chests. If you on their toys, those chests open. They are cockpits for micronaut sized, micro man size, whatever you want to call it, uh, figures. The, That's cool. They were actually the the bug robots that were the villains of the Diaclone series. It's who the the micro man people were trying to fight against. Oh, so uh, yeah, so that's that's that. Um, I uh, so 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 we've got they are there. They they keep in mind they they crash landed four million years ago. Megatron has not seen these fools in four million years if he even knew who they were before. And that amount well, of time. Well, let, let, let's people. not get into that. I, I that, that just opens up a whole can of worms for me. <laughs> and first of all, he wasn't awake for those four million years, so I'm not giving him a pass on that. But we don't know that they weren't, you know? <laughs> well, we don't. Again, the cosmology of Transformers is 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 not something that anyone was concerned with. Yeah, it's it's real. It's real weird and and funny. And uh, uh, well, I mean, and we again and I, I understand this show is not being made for a lot of character development or consistency because um, the, the line of this episode for, for me was uh, the Sky Fire Extermination Service is on the way yeah. from the pacifist scientist. Yeah, this is the thing. Skyfire, we when we were introduced to him was a pacifist and he did not want to fight. And since we have seen him in the parts of the ultimate doom and in, and in this episode, he's ready to rumble. He's pulling the <laughs> and not rumble the, the Decepticon rumble. The <laughs> you get it. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, it's it's very funny to me that Sky, that Skyfire is just all in on <laughs> on this. Um, I do actually like the Insecticons designs like they look. They look they're closer to like how the the Dinobots work, which you know is, is interesting. Like one is very clearly a beetle. One is very clearly a, a grasshopper, but they're they're robots. It's not like this is Beast Wars where they look like the bugs themselves. But. uh, Yeah, and they have crazy powers like they can clone themselves with just like turning random debris into clones and they're like they're real evil and weird and they eat wheat where uh, <laughs> somehow that is what they're doing. And I, I still have a problem with how this show depicts oil because like Megatron shoots a hole in an oil tanker and is just like drink up of that sweet oil. But then they're also pouring oil into energon cubes and that's making energy. I just, I don't, I don't get how that works. Um, you know, but uh, right. But yeah, um, and spoiler warning, they defeat the Insecticons and it's done. <laughs> well, they're, they they do. And. Uh, again, I mean. Further evidence, they don't know who they are, because when Megatron's talking to them, I think it's Megatron is like uh, Decepticon science created you just as it created us, which again opens up a whole other can of worms. We've, we have had references to Autobot science and now Decepticon science. But I do love how the Insecticons are like, <laughs> F you, we're out, we're saving ourselves, not our fight, not our problem. Bye-bye. Not my pig, not my farm. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like that. One makes them officially kind of a third faction that while they're, yeah, they're more bad than anything else, but they're still not quite on the Decepticon side. They're like, well, we'll 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 pile on some Autobots if we feel like it, but we don't like you either. And 
I, I, I did really appreciate that for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, can you answer a question for me? Because I, I, I don't know if you caught this and, and maybe made a note of why I could not determine. Why were half of the Autobots underground digging? I, I don't know, man. They were I, just underground. I, 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 I was <laughs> digging, taking digging some, a tunnel some, to where they were trying to get some them. notes. But sometimes I really do. I, I, I just blank out in some of the stuff where they're explaining what why they're doing something wacky for like the the tenth time. But so this episode, um. I, I think it's a, a success in a lot of ways, though. I mean, one, it introduces new toys that you can buy. Yes. Um, it also is uh, fairly fun. Like for me, like you've got pointing out some of these weird things makes it entertaining for me. I mean, like I took much more of of, of impressions I did for this episode than I did any of the other three. Because <laughs> um, I mean. The other ones had like moments that like like surfs up Optimus that that stuck out. But like as far as like, OK, this is some interesting stuff that that this episode brings up, even if it conflicts with something that we saw in a prior episode. I mean, this episode um, was was silly for sure, but it was also it, just, it, it is was, silly because it was we talk fun, of, we, it was we, meaningless, you know, well, we talk about this, this ship that took the Decepticons to Earth four million years ago. But when we are watching that episode, we, we see a very specific amount of Decepticons get on there. And we see a very specific amount of Decepticons kind of get tossed around for a little bit. <laughs> and a very specific amount of Decepticons for the rest of the show. So for them to be like, oh, yeah, uh, well, they were on the ship, too. Where? And just wait until Where season, were these guys? Just wait until season two, man. Just oh, wait until season I'm sure. Two. Well, see, when they, inter- when they introduce, and I, I know I'm being way more, like, critical than I, I often am, but sometimes... This is fun. Like I am, I am in no way actually criticizing the show. I'm just having fun with some of the inconsistencies because, as an adult, it's very, this. This is what would have sparked lunchtime conversations as kids. <laughs> if I went to school in grade school and and like, oh man, did you see Transformers? This is the conversation we would have had as kids. Is we would be we would be breaking down, and this is something I remember doing, and. Obviously, it was with Transformer reruns, but if there was a new episode of Batman the Animated Series or X-Men or or something to that effect, that's what kids would talk about. And a lot of times those conversations dictated what toys you bought because you kind of sussed out which one your, your friends thought you were cool, which one you thought was cool, and which one suddenly was the not cool toy to get. And... I, I I appreciate that from the the I I wish all the episodes had been as filled with this kind of stuff as a plague of, of Insecticons. However, uh, basically, Autobots win. Episode ends, and we come to a heavy metal war, and the, the <laughs> season finale question, of season one of the Transformers. My first question piggybacks off of off of the point I was just making. I, I literally just wrote, "Where are all these damn robots coming from?" <laughs> so, so that is that is one thing that I will say they did answer in this. Megatron <laughs> yes. talks about them building the Constructicons. Yes, and I appreciated that. I, I made this note as I was like, I saw them, and I was like, "Well, where did you guys come from?" So and and luckily that when when Megatron and and the Decepticons were researching construction equipment vehicles, they gave them uh, the full size brains that we know construction vehicles have. <laughs> because, oh, don't get me started. I, I I liked how kind of like they were like just these ruthless brutes, which was pretty fun, especially considering what they all combine into. And, and they were smart too, which is what I which yes. is what I love. So but that but that's what's weird to me is that I remember this happening and I remember that being a big deal. But that's not the point of this episode. The point of this episode is this weird plan that Megatron has to trick Optimus Prime using the his one weakness, his his true heart (laughs) to 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 go to engage him in single combat. There is an old Cybertronian law, apparently, that if the two leaders engage in one on one combat and one beats the other, the other the war is over. Everything's done. And the loser's faction has to go off 
into the galaxy forever exiled. Which, what? Eight million years they've been having this war, and this is the first time they've tried to do this. Okay, <laughs> but uh, you know, right? Whatever. Uh, so, but but this is the other part of this that is like the simultaneously most fascinating thing and most frustrating thing. And they build the Constructicons, and the Constructicons build this machine that will allow Megatron to use the power chip rectifiers of all of the Decepticons. And Megatron makes them give them their power chip rectifiers. And you don't exactly know what that means when 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 they're they're handing these things over yeah they they say it as if we're supposed to understand and then when you see it in action you're like oh okay so he's like a mega manatron yeah it's a mega manatron that's pretty good uh so so if you've watched the show you know that sometimes certain transformers have special powers hound shoots holograms uh skywarp can pop around he can warp through space and time and end up behind you uh Soundwave can shoot sound blasts. Uh, Starscream has these null rays, which are the, the, the things on his arms that, that he shoots. I'm, I'm mixing up Autobots and Decepticons here, but apparently all of those powers are determined and decided by the power chip rectifiers that they have installed in them. And now Megatron, in order to, to, to fight Optimus Prime in one-on-one combat, has taken the power chip rectifiers of all the Decepticons. So he's got all of their special abilities. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Mm-hmm. And he beats the snot out of Optimus Prime. <laughs> Doesn't kill him, but he does beat him. Uh, which is an interesting thing. Um, and Optimus Prime decides that the war is over and we will leave this planet Earth under protest because the rest of the Autobots are like, Prime, why are you doing this? But that's the way of ancient Cybertronian custom, and that is what they're going to do. That's the end of the show. Wow. Imagine that. Uh, Well, we do get my favorite line in in the episode. One of my favorite exchanges in the show. Okay. Is it is it Chip and Ironhide? Yes. Okay. So let, let, I just I want to clarify. I am kidding. That wasn't the end of the episode. Uh, the the there's a whole other plan of the Decepticons, uh, the Constructicons digging through to destroy Teletran One because Teletran One would be able to prove to Optimus Prime that Megatron was cheating, uh, and and therefore if they if they destroy Teletran, then Optimus will never find out that Megatron is cheating, and that will be the the end result. But of course, they. <laughs> they accidentally wake up the Dinobots from their closet that they live in that <laughs> again, the Dinobots are just in a closet, just turned off. Teletran wakes them up, saves Teletran and prime gets back into the fight. But yes, uh, go ahead. And, and uh, if like- you, if you, if you're chip, I'll be Ironhide. Okay. Doesn't this remind you of the gladiator combats in ancient Rome? Maybe it would if I knew what you were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Gold, absolute gold. (laughs) Like it's such a pure moment and I love it so much. And they kind of keep doing this. And it's something that I love from this series is (laughs) absolute gold because just a few episodes Starscream was criticizing the mad scientist for using open sesame. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's hilarious. And Ironhide's delivery is just mwah, perfect. They, they don't know what ancient Roman history is. Uh, actually, what 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 the line that that we have on this in this wiki site it doesn't have is Spike's reaction to it's Roman history. Forget about it. <laughs> it's like that's such a weird, weird uh, follow up to that. But uh, they don't know they don't know uh, Earth history, but they do know every single bird to call uh, <laughs> to call laser beak like they call him a beryllium buzzard and a and a. Uh, like a lead crow and they call them all sorts of weird things. But uh, 
I also love in this episode, Wheeljack, who is our inventor character that we have seen the entire season. He's created this new weapon that he's aiming at Megatron when Megatron is coming to challenge Optimus Prime and he fires it and they, it just blows up in his hands. And it's like, I love that. That is such a fun thing to, to include. Um, it is. But as we fast forward through this episode, the jig is up. Teletran one has figured out that Megatron has been cheating. The Constructicons are in the Autobot base. They are losing the fight to the Dinobots that have pushed them out. And then the Constructicons decide that they are going to transform phase one, which they do. And then transform phase two. And they form a six robot mega transformer called Devastator. This looks awesome is dope i will say devastator does not have dev in this episode does not have devastator's cool head that shows up on the toy and every other devastator <laughs> version that you see um it uh devastator toys are expensive yes they are uh the the later the so this is what is known in the fandom as a gestalt transformer uh the the combiners um there are a number of them that are going to show up over the course of the series, but this is the first one and it's really, really cool. So the Constructicons, of course, are like a, a cement mixer and a dump truck and a, a digger and, and all sorts of these other things. And they just form, you know, it's, it's basically like a megazord of transformers. If, if you haven't watched the show with us, they, the two of them form the legs and one forms the waist and one forms the chest and two forms the arm and one forms the head. And, and it's, it's this really, and again, this is true of all of the Constructicons and I like them, especially in comparison, not so much to the Insecticons, but definitely the Dinobots. They're smart. They're not dumb mm-hmm. things. And that's what, what I like. You've got you've got a uh, 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 mix master who is one of the the constructicons who is a uh, he's the the cement mixer, but he also just mixes chemicals together and sprays acid on things. And it's cool. And he knows how to do, do it. And, and it's and it's neat. Um, although I think there's a little bit of a uh, of a of a weird thing with the end of this episode that I don't love so much. Um, the hound uses his his uh holograms to create a giant fake <laughs> fake autobot uh that's as big as devastator and devastator's yeah. like whoa what and he backs up and then optimus prime shoots him once and he dis- dissembles into his his all of his pieces and uh and that's one thing which is like why don't they just transform again because it's right there uh, but this episode ends in the weirdest, weirdest way. A big crack opens up. And there's lava. And all of the Decepticons, every single Decepticon. Megatron, Starscream, Skywarp, Thundercracker, Soundwave, Ravage, Laserbeak, all of the six Constructicons, they all get dunked in this lava. And it's the end. And all the Decepticons are dead. And then half a second later, Megatron's head pops up and his eyes glow and he raises his fist. And that's the end of the episode. It's like. Come on. (laughs) Why do that? Like if lava isn't going to destroy these things, who cares? They probably know that lava is not going to hurt them. They're They're giant alien robots. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly, it's fine. Uh, this is something that you see in in 80s cartoons all the time. You saw this with Shredder. You saw this with Cobra. You saw this with Skeletor. This is not an uncommon occurrence in, in these cartoons. So I don't have too much of a problem with it. In so much that I, I know this is who these stories are written for. And this is who like, I mean, because they want you to like, oh, what's going to happen next time? What's Megatron going to do now? And I mean, because we, we 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 know the score. And I mean, subsequent 
I, I equate to 80s cartoons as sort of being the animation equivalent, even though it's not a perfect translation because there were cartoons then too, but sort of like Silver Age comics where they were they were pure entertainment. It didn't matter for the larger scope if not everything fit together. You know, you've got the the good art, you've got the 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 good moments of the bad guy and the good guy fighting, and you get some some really uh, superficial reasons for them to fight and and for the the fight to be over, and always to have a reason to come back. And it wasn't towards the end of that where they start getting a little bit more serious. And then as you get into the seventies and eighties, things get a little bit more detailed. The stories become a lot more intricate, and interesting, and and with characters that have you know well-developed stories and the same with the transformers because here i mean we're we're seeing essentially toy commercials and as these toy commercials keep moving forward and you have different people who especially when you get into the late 90s who grew up on these shows and love these shows they start adding a lot of that pathos and an interesting uh detail into the story of the transformers which is why you've had so many iterations yeah like there's a reason this is called g1 because there's a lot of g's well i mean the reason it's called g1 is because when we were growing up they did the g2 toy line right which was just all of the g1 toys with new color schemes to them <laughs> but uh um, well there yes but you've had multiple generations and iterations like and you've had some shows that have like oh this is a sequel to the original G1, uh, kind of like the, the current Masters of the Universe on Netflix now. But you've also had Robots in Disguise and, you know, the Combiner Wars and a lot of different stuff has gone on in Transformers. And this is where I, I look at the show and the season one has 16 episodes, which is not a ton of episodes, especially in the 80s. Season two has 49 episodes which is double that of what most shows at the time got. Then you have the feature film, then you have 30 more episodes. And I will tell you, as I look at the, as I look at season three, which is the one after the movie, it opens with a five part opening arc. There are so many, you get more and more into into repeat like 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 sequential storytelling you more into to to uh uh uh, uh you know arcs of shows it, the, where it's not just a one and done thing and even in season two i'm seeing a lot of two-part and three-part episodes which is is interesting and 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 also when you have more than 100 episodes of something and it's a 35 year old show you probably think about it. You think about the good stuff and you kind of ignore the bad stuff. And that's where this is a kind of a comp. I have complicated feelings because I'm now seeing it warts and all today when I didn't necessarily see that when I was watching it as a kid. Well, and I mean, there, there are some things that people just accept as it is and love it for what it is, which is fun. I do that with the ghostbusters, the real, the real ghostbusters uh, show. I, I, I adore that show and it has the exact same things. Now they they are a little different in that they often have different ghosts to catch. Sure. There's not an overarching bad guy through most of the show. Um that said, I mean Turtles, same thing. Love the Turtles as a kid. But that show very little to no continuity. And you know, often reset every every episode. And I'm not saying that you have that you have to have continuity. I think no, that, no. That, I appreciate that that they even made the effort in 1984. I mean, honestly, it. I always thought that Pirates Darkwater was the first American cartoon to do this. And it's not just because I was a fan of the show. I just didn't know any American cartoon that wasn't an, a dubbing of a Japanese anime like Robotech or Battle Planets. I thought that. Hannah Mabera's uh, Pirates Darkwater was the first American cartoon to try to tell an overarching story. And it still is to a degree because Transformers does still do the episode to episode stuff. But 
they do a lot of like good sequential storytelling as well. And I, I honestly did not realize that until we watched this for, for more than meets July. And, and, and good sequential storytelling is fine. You can have, you know, single episodes that reset every time, as long as you have a story Bible that will back up what you're doing. Sure. Absolutely. And that's, and that's where there were so many plot holes. There were so many power differences, like, Autobots could fly in some episodes and couldn't fly in other episodes. And it's like, if you had just written down that Autobots can't fly, it wouldn't be a problem. You know, it's, 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 it's that sort of thing that like continuity errors that really hurt this the most. And it's forgivable because week to week, when you're a kid, you're not paying attention to that stuff. But as a grown man watching a children's cartoon, as I hold in my hand a bootleg version of a very expensive toy from the show because I love it. Uh, it's it's. It's a little disappointing, this first season of this show, I'm, I'm going to be real. I did not love this challenge as much as I thought I would. Uh, and and that's OK. We still have a lot more to 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 see. And we have a movie that we can watch, which. I remember at least being pretty good. Um, we'll see. Maybe at some point. You can hear me playing with in your plastic rattling as well, I mess with this thing. Yeah. I, and my thing is, I mean, cause I know there are plenty of people who still love this first season of Transformers. And again, it's entertaining. If I was a massive, massive Transformers fan, I would probably just be eating it right up. Um, I think, you know, for all the problems I might cite, as an adult, when when you get to brass tacks, it's it's a it's a toy commercial made to entertain kids. And I think this show absolutely did that in the 80s. I think if you probably plucked some kids in front of it, it would probably do that now, although they are used to different storytelling mechanics in their cartoons now. So they may expect a little more, but I think this would still be plenty entertaining. Yeah, I I I. I... As it, you know, it's weird because I've been kind of, you know, when we talk about this stuff, sometimes we 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 get a little negative, but it's not it's out of love. It's not out of hate. I still yeah, and it's, it's something I, I've, I've been trying to reconcile because this is, you know, I, I I always I'm OK with criticizing something. But anytime I come off a negative at all on this show, I I feel like I'm being uh, counterintuitive to our general mission statement here at The More You Nerd, uh, which is to be positive. But I also want to be honest. And so I think that I think the show is perfectly fine. I, I think that Drew and I both, because we are our children of the time period and we're looking back on something that we grew up with, even though if it was less for me than it was for Drew. I, I think that is a I'm allowing us to, be, you know, have a lunch table conversation, yeah. you know, where we're, we're we're picking at stuff. But Drew and I both do this in our private conversations we will both talk about something that we absolutely love and still pick it apart just because it's fun to like nitpick at these little things but unlike say if you go onto twitter where people take this kind of thing way way too seriously this is all done with love and good fun yes absolutely and and i'll say we we did get an email from from kyle about watching the transformers and he he agrees with us he doesn't remember the the dialogue being so cheesy uh and and but you know thinking like watching it when he's younger and remembering it was cheesy then but he also had the toys to play with so who cared you know and 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 that he he didn't remember starscream being so annoying and i disagree with that because starscream i, is I don't disagree yeah, starscream is no <laughs> I will he's, he's corrective on that <laughs> i am the leader of the more you nerd uh, uh, but but he but he also he he found the the sound wave and megatron conversations to be very good in this which i is, love sound wave sound wave's a cool character he's a cool guy <laughs> sound wave. i it's one of those things where i wish i had bought all these masterpiece transformers when they were new and not uh now <laughs> i know i'm still on the, i'm still trying to talk myself into buying one because I, I talked myself out of buying a sound wave and i'm like oh, i kind of want one um but yes uh, transformers at the end of the day was still fun to watch and if you especially if you watch just like one episode you're like oh that was fun like 
especially if you want a similar Saturday morning, you know, make your make your breakfast and then pop that on and you can kind of feel like you were a kid again. And I mean, that aspect was very, very nice. Um, however, speaking of very, very nice, we are going to do something a little different for August. We are going to kind of do a little a little self-care here at the more you nerd because. You know, sometimes since we come back and we've been a lot more uh, organized, I definitely feel like we have felt re-energized since our break. But sometimes you, I think there are certain things this show has lacked a little of that we need to do a little more of. And yeah. that is just some simple talking nerdy. Yeah, we're going to do a little, not t- gonna do a little ahead, summer buddy. speculation. I think that's I, yeah. may, I may change the name of that before next week. But <laughs> well, well, what we're going to do um, with the with I assume the exception of Drew's birthday, which is in August as well. We are going to take through kind of like the Maury's uh, take three major medium subjects and, and one talk maybe a little bit about anything we might be watching or playing now uh, and, and what we're looking forward to in in the coming months uh, within the next, uh, I would say, two to nine months <laughs> you're pretty you know we were gonna we were gonna limit it a little bit but then we're like well covid happened so right there are things, like um, movies movies that are coming out in a month from now were supposed to be out a year ago if this is the world we're living in if you're listening to this <laughs> and just gonna give me 15 minutes to talk about all the horror movies i'm excited about so i can just shut up <laughs> yeah so but, but it, it, it'll give us a chance to just kind of uh, not catch up because if you go to the cosmic crit discord in the morning nerd section drew and i talk there every single day but we haven't talked nerdy on on the more you nerd in terms of the old talk nerdy to me in a while so we thought it would be a good kind of uh, just a, a mental break for us and a little refresher while we still produced episodes as opposed to actually taking any sort of break because we took a long enough one last time. Yeah, yeah. So the, next week we are going to be talking about television what shows we're watching and what shows we are excited about whether they are announced with dates or whether they're still in the casting process we're going to talk about the next couple of quarters of the year in tv oh boy oh boy i'm i'm excited i i I keep thinking oh yeah these 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 episodes might be a little longer (laughs) they could be i don't know the two of us can once we get started on this stuff we never shut up so that's (laughs) that's probably well especially we start talking about things that require theories and drew loves his theories and so do i and one of my theories on one of my shows that i'm excited for was right and i'm excited about it anyway that is going to wrap us up today Uh, As we finish talking about the Transformers, if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at themoreunerd.com where you can find our entire show back catalog, all 10 years of it. You can tweet to us at themoreunerd. You can go to facebook.com slash themoreunerd. And of course, you can email us themoreunerd at gmail.com. That's themoreunerd at gmail.com. If you would like to get some dope swag, as the kids called it in 1999, uh, you can find us at threadless, the more you nerd.threadless.com. Excuse me, the more you nerd.threadless.com. We love the, de- the definite articles here, always with that the. Uh, so uh, yeah, go check that out and get some cool shirts or other things. Uh, and now we're going to end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd. nerd.